Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the program Today's Issues here on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman, and Thank you for listening to AFR. Today's Thursday, February the 2nd. And joining me in studio is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Morning, Tim. And Chris Woodward. Good morning. And uh, Fred, you were telling me before the program, we've got a lot, uh, uh, a number of our stations off the air, right? Yeah, everybody's now familiar with this ice and sleet storm that has uh Basically, the eastern half of Texas, uh, up into Arkansas, Louisiana, parts, the very northern part of Mississippi, Memphis, Tennessee, on up into Nashville. And we've got about 20, I was just talking to our engineers, we've got about 20 of our stations that are either down completely because of this freezing rain and ice, or they're very low power. So uh, if you're used to, to, obviously, if you can't hear us right now if you're in one of those areas. But if uh, you're getting phone calls from people, uh, that's what's going on here. And uh, we're, we're just at the mercy of the weather like everybody else. There's over 300,000, last time I checked, over 300,000 people without power now because of this storm. But 150,000 of that apparently is in the Austin area of Texas. So this is a bad one, folks. We're getting a lot of rain at our home base here in Tupelo. But just to our north and just to our west, uh, it's ice and freezing rain. <clears throat> yeah, and, and uh, uh, if now you can, uh, well, I guess it depends on whether you have electricity or not at a uh, cell tower site. But we do have the AFR app. Yes. So if you go on your smartphone, you can download the AFR app and listen that way mm-hmm. to American Family Radio. But yeah, it's. Uh, Boy, when you're out electricity, Ed, it's just yeah, my feeling. Yeah, medieval. We've, we've all done that. Where you walk into a room, you keep hitting the light switch because you. Oh, that's right. We're back in the Middle Ages. It's uh, and it's very frustrating. People lose all the food in their refrigerator, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we when you're locked into technology and the technology fails for whatever reason, uh, you find yourself very grateful for the blessings that we have and uh so folks there are a lot if you can hear us that means our our radio stations are still on or you're using the uh, afr app please pray for those who are in uh, very troubled uh uh, parts of the country that have been hit hard by this big winter storm that's moved through Uh all right uh uh, let's see. Steve Jordan will be up next hour. We've got uh, guests this, uh, this hour, don't we, Ed? Uh, we do. We have uh, the bottom of the hour, uh, Jan Markell, host of Understanding the Times. Uh, and then at 1045, Roman Gabriel III, president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation. He's going to be talking about plans for ministry at this year's uh, Super Bowl. Exactly. I'm not even sure what uh, city. What, Phoenix, I think. Phoenix? Yeah. All right, Chris, go ahead. Well, um, services were held yesterday for Tyree Nichols, the 29-year-old man from Memphis that died after a police-involved incident with a number of uh, police officers. And while his 
services got national attention. Uh, what a lot of people are focusing on are comments made from people that spoke at the funeral. I have some audio here. Uh, got a couple of clips, in fact. Let's begin with this one. It's Al Sharpton speaking at Tyree Nichols' funeral. Clip one. Reverend Al, you don't understand. How are they going to keep crime down in the black community and at the same time not be tough and rough? Well, they do it the same way they do it on the white side of Memphis. And they keep the crime down without being rough and tough. How do you have the same department that can keep crime down on one side of town without beating folk to death? But you can't do it on the other side of town unless you feel that you can get away with it there. I can't speak for everybody in Memphis. I can't speak for everybody gathering. But for me, I believe that that man had been white. You wouldn't have beat him like that that night. That was Al Sharpton. He took a funeral for somebody and made it into made it into a race issue. Yeah, and as we pointed out, as everyone knows, the officers who are being held responsible for this are all black. Mm-hmm. All five of them are black. So uh, this is pretty creative ideology on the part of Reverend Al Sharpton to still blame this on racism, even though it was black officers who beat uh, a black, a young black man, Tyree Nichols, to death. Okay, to turn that into a an issue where you blame white people is very creative. But if you're a race baiter by profession, and that's at least Part of what Al Sharpton does, that's part of his resume. He's an MSNBC host mm-hmm. as well. He's, I guess, was a preacher years past. But if that's what you, if that's on your resume, you've got to drum up a reason somehow to turn this into a racial thing. Uh, listen, I think the I think he's wrong. And guess what? All he just said is just his opinion. It's not a fact. Mm-hmm. I'm disagreeing with him, so my opinion is just as valid as his. But he's stirring up racial strife in Memphis. And so congratulations, Pastor. You're supposed to be a peacemaker. You 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 failed. Well, what I'm not understanding, he said if, if the victim, if Mr. Nichols had been white, those five black police officers would not have beat him like that. So he is saying the five black police officers went after Mr. Nichols because he was black? I mean— that doesn't make any sense logically at all. So no, and I, I and I have to wonder. I mean, the funeral yesterday got national attention. Uh, you had the vice president of the United States went to the funeral, and they were trying. They're trying their best to turn this into a race issue. But all the players, the police chief in Memphis is black. Right. The five black police officers. The victim well, is black. And yet they're trying to spin this. Well, you know, even with Derek Chauvin in Minneapolis, when when he uh, was on George Floyd's neck and mm-hmm. we know what he died and, and all that came of that, there was never any uh, proof that th- it was racially motivated. It oh. was a cop uh, angry at a criminal. But as the uh, evidence showed in the court, there was never any charges, civil rights charges or anything. Uh, so what that even that wasn't racially motivated. No, nope. nope. I gotta tell you, 
I'm surprised that the family would allow this to bring in national people. In other words, okay, I agree totally with what Ed said and what you said. If I'm going to have a funeral service for a family member, it's going to be dignified. It's going to be private, as private as possible. It's going to be to talk about that person's life, celebrate their life, talk about God and eternity. Now, they may have done these things in the funeral service as well. I didn't listen to the whole thing. Uh, and it's going to be friends and family who've known him his whole life. I'm not going to bring in from New Yorkers and the vice president. I'm not going to turn it into a circus. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's my view. Uh, now, if you wanted to have a funeral service uh, as uh, as a traditional funeral service would be to to talk about the person and have friends and family celebrate their life and, and mourn, and then you want to separately have some kind of a rally where you have people like Sharpton come in and, and race bait and blame Whitey, and, and you want to have, even though all the, five, the officers were black, uh, and you want to have uh, Vice President uh, uh, Harris come in and stoke, you know, stoke up racial animosity, too. That's basically what she did because uh, she didn't go to funerals unless, it, unless she can exploit it for uh, – Political gain. For political gain. She didn't go to everybody's funeral. They pick and choose which ones they right. want to go to. Uh, so <clears throat> have your rally at City Hall or have your march. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. That's America. I'm just saying it seems to me uh, inappropriate to use a funeral service and bring in all these people and, and have Al Sharpton say if, if this had been a white guy, he wouldn't have been beat to death by these five black officers. As Ed said, that's just his opinion. Of course, that's how he makes his money, is mm-hmm. turning everything into a racial In my issue. lifetime, it appears that Al Sharpton's thing has been to do this kind of thing. Well, yeah. you know, it, And also, did you hear him sort of switch into sort of, a, I don't know, southern slang or something, the way he was spoke and – Oh, I, he, he, I just noticed he was sort of, sort of, I don't know. Go ahead. Ed. I, I was just going to say, uh, listen, I'm sure there are problems that black people face in the inner cities. For example, I, I'm sure they, there's trouble in their local schools, mm-hmm. probably a lot of drugs. There's a lot of crime, uh, maybe a lot of uh, less jobs because people, uh, businesses are moving out. Companies are moving out. So, <laughs> The difference between the approach to those kinds of issues on the part of someone like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and people like Al Sharpton is this. Dr. King appealed, you've said this, Tim, appealed to the conscience of white America to uphold their Christian faith and the principles uh, that this nation was founded on, that in the Jim Crow South were being denied to black people. In other words, it was reaching out to white people and say, let's change the country for the better. What Al Sharpton is doing is losing people like me and losing a lot of white people because if you say, if you want to insist on this argument, which is becoming really the argument that's being made, that white people are the problem and they're so racist that even black cops act racist <laughs> towards other blacks, if that's your going to be argument, then I'm done having a discussion. If you're going to say... You're white, therefore you're racist, and you can never change. 
then I'm done. I'm done having a conversation. What Dr. King tried to do by reaching out and saying, let's work together, I'm no longer participating, Mm -hmm. all right, because you're going to count me guilty no matter what I do. For five black officers beating to death a black man. Yes, you're going to blame white people? That's your fault. That's what it said. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I don't believe the majority of black people buy what Al Sharpton is selling. I think they're scared in their communities and in their homes of drive-by shootings and crime out of control. I think they're terrified of having the numbers of police either cut by these lunatic policies or these cops quitting and going somewhere else. They want peace in their uh, neighborhoods. I don't believe the majority of black people believe what this guy's selling. I tell you, I guess I I don't obviously know the Nichols family, but they knew what Al Sharpton was going to say. Yeah. And they allowed him to come into their church pulpit and say those things. And and uh, as I say, I just think that's completely and totally inappropriate to use a funeral for that. As I said, right. a rally, a march, go ahead, go for it. But a funeral service, it's not the place for uh, kind of race baiting. that Al Plen- Plenty does. of problems in our culture. We all need to work together to fix it. So I, I, yeah. I, I, I think you, you – Make Al Sharpton retire or do something constructive with his life, but don't give him a platform any longer for being a race baiter. Well, Chris, go ahead. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that another person making headlines for speaking at uh, Tyree Nichols' funeral is none other than Vice President Kamala Harris. She took a moment to not try to stoke the racial fires, but to read scripture. Clip two. And with that, I'll just, Pastor, if you don't mind, one of my favorite verses in scripture is Luke chapter 1 verse 79 which tells us God will help us to shine a light upon those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace let our memory of Tyree shine a light on the path toward peace and justice. Thank you. Ed. <laughs> you said, you, yeah, what do you think? You about? are the Bible scholar. of. Oh, I'm not a Bible scholar. Uh, but look, she's, she's obviously misapplying the gospel of Luke. All right. When it, when it says, and it says the same thing in Matthew, when it says that those that sit in darkness will see a great light, they're talking about the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the coming of the Messiah and bringing the light of God into the world, all right? I, I understand that Jesus also said we are to be the light of the world, but that we can only be the light of the world as long as we are branches connected to the vine, and the vine being Jesus, the light of the world. So if you're going to take that and twist it and make this into a political statement, and especially one that is rooted in, in my opinion, racism by claiming that all white people are the problem, uh, then you're misapplying scripture. And I I don't look to her to rightly divide the word anyway, Uh, but a political party that promotes the death through abortion of unborn children, that mocks God when it comes to human sexuality and marriage, don't tell me you're shining the light of God because you're, you're a false teacher. Amen. That there was the KHV, Kamala Harris version. 
You're listening to today's issues here on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Ed, Fred, and Chris. Uh, Chris, next story. Well, I do want to mention this because it's something that a number of organizations we work with and partner with, uh, interview frequently, are really concerned about. That being uh, big pharmacy chains like Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid getting in on offering abortion-inducing drugs. The Biden administration wants big pharmacy chains and just pharmacies in general to offer chemical abortion drugs just like they would offer any other uh, prescription medication or over-the-counter meds, what have you. Uh, and I've got some audio here of Joy Stockbauer of Family Research Council sharing FRC's concerns about Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid getting in on this abortion business. Clip nine. First and foremost, we know that abortion takes the life of an innocent human being. And we don't believe that retail pharmacies who are supposed to be in the business of healing people and ending illness and curing suffering should take themselves into the business of intentionally ending the lives of unborn children. Um, This creates so many issues of conscience for Americans of where they should shop because you don't want to do your shopping or continue to purchase your pharmacy prescriptions from a pharmacy that has joined the abortion industry. Um, And it's harmful to the mothers as well. So there are so many reasons why retail pharmacies need to stay out of this abortion business. Hey guys, one of the other organizations really concerned about this is Students for Life, and they are organizing a protest on Valentine's Day outside the headquarters of Walgreens in Illinois to make their voices heard and tell them to get out of this, to not get into this business, I should say. By the way, our ministry also, I did uh, for us with Tony Perkins from the Family Research Council and others, signed these letters uh, that went to these uh, drugstore chains about this uh, chemical-induced pills. Mm-hmm. Are they pills? Aren't yes. They pills? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 exactly. And and this is the battle that's going on across the country. And and kudos to AFA and others drawing attention to it. Uh, how dangerous this is uh, to go into one of these drugstores, get a pill, and go home and to induce an an abortion at home. Mm -hmm. And this is happening in jurisdictions right across the country. Quite frankly, uh, outside of the the moral issue here of abortion, this is dangerous for a woman's health. Uh, I mean, she may be a long distance from where a doctor is, uh, but, but this is, this is, this is where the thinking about abortion takes you. You don't care even for your own health, that that you're just driven by this idea that you have a right to take the life of that baby that's inside you. And shame on these these drug companies and these Walgreens, CVS, and others that are willing to go along with this. And I think the reason they're willing to go along with it is because they really have fallen in lockstep with the entire woke movement. And the pressure on them is to prove that you stand up for women's quote-unquote reproductive rights uh, and disagree with the Supreme Court and the barbaric thinking of the conservatives who want to preserve the lives of unborn children. So how do you prove that you're woke? All right, we'll we'll, we'll provide pills for abortion and circumvent the laws uh, of of the states. When you're captured by the woke crowd, there's nothing you won't do. And these uh, drug companies, these pharmaceutical, no, they're not pharmaceutical companies, but pharmacies, they are demonstrating that. I hope they will listen to reason as Christians reach out to them. You know, I have to wonder, too, we all watch these 
commercials on television for various drugs, and if it's a 60-second spot, about 40 seconds are about the potential dangers. Right. So are these uh, Walgreens and CVS, are they being ordered to, when they give this prescription out, by order, the FDA should be doing this, you've got to tell this person picking up this prescription, uh, these are the dangers. They should be forced to do this. If, ma'am, if you take this pill, here there is potential for this, 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 not to mention including your life is in danger. I want to know about the pharmacists who have a conscientious objection to ha- being forced to hand these out. Do, yeah. Can they lose their job if they don't want to hand out an abortifacient? There are similar cases to that right now in the court. I know First Liberty Institute out of Texas is representing a, um, a lady that worked for a CVS clinic. Uh, in addition to the stores and the pharmacies, some of these chains have kind of a minute clinic where you can go in and get general things uh, looked at or diagnosed or whatnot. Uh, and First Liberty Institute is representing a lady uh, who had a religious exemption not to provide contraception uh, or prescribe it uh, to people. Um, and uh, they CVS ended up taking that away from her and she lost her job because she wasn't going to pick between working there and her principles. So she lured up with First Liberty, and that is going through the courts at the moment. I know that's not the same exact thing, but it does get into the conscience protections um, that are out there for people in these areas of work. Yep. Well, you got two minutes. What do you got next, Chris? One of the other big concerns that... Uh, is it a big concern? It is a big concern because it involves retirement savings. Um, they're, that's the, a big concern. It is. Um The Biden administration wants to allow uh, asset managers to basically determine where your investment money is going based on environmental, social and governance policies. But understandably so, a number of people are saying, wait a minute, uh, I should have the right to determine where my money is going. You can't just pick and choose based on your politics. And oh, yeah, by the way, ESG investments tend to lose a lot of money. I've got some audio here of Congressman Andy Barr, a Republican from Kentucky, saying ESG investments do lose money. Clip eight. There was an important study that was conducted by UCLA and NYU a few years ago, and it said if you were invested in ESG funds, these politically correct funds that the Biden administration is promoting over the last five years versus a vanilla, plain vanilla uh, S&P 500 fund, uh, you were basically earning two and a half percent less over those that five-year period. It's investing 101. You want to be diversified, and we need to depoliticize the allocation of capital so that Americans can, can have the retirement security that they deserve. So the same government that says, you must pay me taxes or you're going to go to jail under penalty of law is also saying, we're going to allow people to pick and choose where your money is going to go based on politics that we push. Well, I mentioned the Biden administration. Uh, they're looking. There's $12 trillion in 401ks uh, right now. And the Biden administration, I think, is just looking at that pot of $12 trillion. And they're going to, we got to find a way oh, yeah. to get at that money to help our political agenda, our climate change agenda. And so they're going to go after these. Now, are y'all talking about the, 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 the Biden administration wants to put pressure on the companies to adopt these policies it is a rule they're pushing a rule on people that's why joe Joe mansion was opposed mm -hmm. yes even on people on on companies asset managers that handle asset asset managers okay say to these uh financial asset managers uh, you must uh you can only invest in in uh in places that we, the federal government, say are, are 
are okay, mm-hmm. are, are compliant with the whole environmental, social governance agenda. Gotcha. I got you. Which is interfering directly right. with yeah, with people's uh, business between them and the company. Right. Seems yes. to me. Uh, has this pa- this hadn't passed though? No, this is a, only a a number of uh, federal legislators are fighting it, and then you've got a whole bunch of states about. Yeah, it's not going states. anywhere in the House of Representatives right now. So we'll be back momentarily with Jan Markell coming up moment uh, just a few minutes. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Hello, everyone. Tim Wildman. An update on our spiritual heritage tours in June and September. We're over halfway full. In fact, I think we'll probably be full in March sometime. Uh, The likelihood is great. So if you want to go with us on our spiritual heritage tour this year in June or September to Washington, D.C. and Mount Vernon, the home of George Washington, you need to go and visit our website so you can see the dates, the itinerary, the cost, everything you need to know at spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Now, in September, we're also going to Colonial Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. So uh, we're going to do that trip in addition to the D.C. trip. So check it all out, June and September. Stephen McDowell, the Providence Foundation, will be with us. Go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary sponsored by Liberty University. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Cracker Barrel has gone woke. The restaurant chain with the rocking chairs out front just rolled out a new item on the menu, something called Impossible Sausage, made from plants. Nothing says homestyle breakfast like scrambled eggs and sausage made from azalea bushes and ferns. Cracker Barrel says customers are craving a nutritious plant-based option, but my social media feed says otherwise. Folks are riled up. They say the fake meat goes against Cracker Barrel's brand, a restaurant known for biscuits and gravy comfort food, not health food. The average Cracker Barrel customer is not going to sit down for a plate of vegan biscuits with a side of almond milk gravy. By the way, the reason they called the sausage impossible? It's impossible to eat. Be sure to read my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation, now available at your favorite bookstore and online at toddstarns.com. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. Psalm 27.4 American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, program Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening. Our internet working now? Okay, then uh, can people watch on Facebook? Okay. Brent, tell us about that. Yes, sir. They can go to Facebook.com, type in Today's Issues, and watch the streaming there, or they can go to our platform, uh, streaming.afa.net, and watch us there as well. Streaming.afa.net. Take advantage of that. Streaming.afa.net, and we do live stream uh, a lot of our shows here on American Family Radio and thanks for listening to AFR as Fred mentioned earlier in the hour about 20 of our stations are either off the air or they're uh, experiencing low power because of the uh, ice storm that has hit uh, a swath of I guess you would call it the south central part of our country Mm -hmm. from Texas to Tennessee and uh, so it's been it's been it's been a mess. I I I don't know. Dallas Fort Worth Airport been down too. Do y'all know? It was. Uh, at, at my sisters were going to be flying out. Um, at, for my dad's burial, but their flights got canceled. They got canceled yesterday morning. <clears throat> so it, it's it was it was nasty. So yeah. That's the the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, and, of course, Southwest has a major hub there, too. Yes. They have Love Field. I think it's in Dallas-Fort yeah. Worth. DFW, of course, home to American Airlines, but mm-hmm. the other airlines, too. It's, I think it's the it's the second or third busiest airport in the country behind uh, Atlanta-Hartsfield and LA. Could be Chicago, Chicago O'Hare. Chicago yeah. O'Hare. Yeah. I, it, it may go back and forth, but Atlanta's always number one in terms of passengers and flights and then o'hare and even then, more than jfk yeah oh, oh yeah, wow by far okay because atlanta handles um they they're a major domestic hub for delta right right mm-hmm. and then they're an international hub too for well for delta and for uh other airlines just because the you know the connections along the uh the eastern seaboard there Atlanta's not on the seaboard. I understand that, but it's an eastern part of the country. So, yeah. Uh, All right. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Joining us now is our good friend Jan Markell. She's the host of Understanding the Times, heard uh, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Time and Sundays at noon Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Jan's program, I guess, has been on a decade or so. Uh, and Jan joins us from her home in uh, the Twin Cities area in Minnesota. Good morning, Jan. Well, gentlemen, uh, we put up with what you're describing about five months out of the year, so I, can't, I don't have right, a lot of right. sympathy. I understand, yeah. Snow, Not a lot of sympathy. Okay, snow and ice and freezing rain and cold. Yes, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And Jan says to us, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> that's, uh, right. that's her response. 
<laughs> That's your response. In to, Christian love. In Christian love. To <laughs> well, barely. Barely in Christian love. You, you southern whiners. Uh, yep. right. That's right. So, that sounds like a bluegrass group, doesn't it? I don't. <laughs> southern I don't, whiners. I don't drink. Ladies and Jim, gentlemen, I don't know why you call me a whiner. But, oh, whiner. Oh, you yeah. don't drink? Oh, wino. Cheer uh, wine. I, 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 was made, wine. I was talking about complaining wine, right. not red <laughs> right. wine. Uh, all right. So, um, Jan, on a more serious note, your yeah. uh, your home state there in Minnesota had uh, an abortion <clears throat> uh, battle in the state legislature, right? Yes, yes. Very, very sad. Yeah. What happened? Well, um, I've got a bunch of notes. Let me just summarize real quickly. Uh, probably the most radical pro-abortion law in America was passed. Governor Waltz signed it into law, and it, it, it ensures the right of abortion in Minnesota up to birth for any reason. And 35 times Republicans in the legislature offered amendments to provide some basic protections for the preborn, but the pro-abortion Democrat bloc voted down every attempt with this narrow one-vote majority, and if I could add one little caveat here, um, they even voted down, the Democrats voted down, a provision that would offer anesthesia for the unborn child who can feel pain in these late stages of pregnancy. In other words, gentlemen, this was absolute evil that was passed here in the last few days, I believe last Saturday, signed into law yesterday uh, here in the state of Minnesota, which doesn't have much to offer already by way of favorability for a state, but this is almost the ultimate in evil. Yeah, Jan, also included, if I understand correctly, in this law, where laws about, you know, uh, kids at school uh, don't have to tell their parents if they they go to uh, counselors at school and with regards to transgender issues, all of those things. So the Democrats there in Minnesota managed to force that into the abortion law as well. Exactly, and and be, in addition to that, um, they're poised they're poised to end state funding for every crisis pregnancy center in Minnesota. Uh, Pro life pregnancy centers outnumber abortion clinics here by eleven to one, but the governor is going to end state funding of of pro life uh, centers. So. This and I think in in communicating with Brent this morning, the other issue and and I was looking at comments by uh, by Franklin Graham and and he just says it's not just Minnesota but but all of these states and, and even countries who are advocating for such evil, you know, prepare for judgment. Mm-hmm. God has said enough. Enough is enough, and particularly when it comes to harming the, the most innocent. And, and I, I fully, fully agree. You know, it, we read passages in Scripture about pagan worship and the, the offering up of little babies, Moloch, uh, these babies placed in the arms of a heated metal uh, yeah. god, a uh, small g, and these babies are sacrificed. And, and we cringe at that sort of thing, but Jan... This is yeah. what's happening in, in America today, <clears throat> this sacrificing of perfectly healthy little babies. Well, um, Fred, as you well know, these, these are the end times, and the Bible calls them perilous, but it's tragic that they have to be perilous for unborn, uh, unborn children. 
Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just humiliated, embarrassed, infuriated, as every righteous person is in any state. And, and keep in mind that abortion was legal in Minnesota. It's illegal in every liberal state. It, I mean, Roe v. Wade, the reversal of that didn't cancel it if a state was in whatever they were uh, engaged in, in all of this, they could continue doing so. Well, what this did was just intensify all the laws. Yeah, I wonder, what do you know what the law was prior to this in terms of what the uh, week limit? No, I don't. I okay. could find that out, but I don't yeah. have it on hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I, I want to yes. say 21 weeks. 21? I think I think Fred's yeah. right. I think yeah. he's right. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's... Uh, well, can I just add, uh, Jan, uh, what, spiritually speaking now, okay, so we, we talked some way in, in some form or fashion about the uh, the politics of this regarding the Dobbs decision and so on and so forth, but spiritually speaking, why would a state pass a law that wouldn't even, and and those pushing this law wouldn't even consider amendments which would help stop the baby's pain level? Mm-hmm. Okay, my understanding is that was part of the political process That's that happened right. in Minnesota. Yep. Okay, so so why? What what is what spiritually? What's going on where where the where the Democrats would say no? Not even an amendment that allows uh, drugs to be administered uh, administered to stop right. the pain for the baby who's about to be aborted. What's going right. on spiritually? Well- who obviously at nine months can feel plenty. Right. Uh, I, I, I think, and, and I've talked about this on the program uh, several times <clears throat> in the past, I, I, I think that in this case, um, they have, again, once you're turned over to the Romans 1 mentality, remember it says in that passage that God gives them over, which is a, which is a terrible plight to have happen when God gives you over to depravity and to a reprobate mind. They can't think straight. They they hate God so much, they are incapable of thinking as a normal, rational, compassionate human being would. They're turned over to complete and absolute evil. And and, and none, none of, no one listening to this broadcast ever wants to be in that position of being turned over, which I don't believe you can if you're blood-bought child of God, born again, etc. Um, but, but these men and women, by and large, are godless. They hate God. They want to come against God in every angle, including destroying the life that he creates. And, and, and I think it goes back to Romans 1. I see no other possible explanation. You know, I, speaking of spiritually, Ed, I wouldn't be surprised, Jan, if you didn't have calamitous times come upon oh. the state of Minnesota. You're, Tim, you just said, mm-hmm. you just made a proclamation yeah. that I know is going to happen. I don't know what it will be. Right. But we are facing some some horrific things ahead. I, I think as is every part of the country that's advocating for this happens to be the most extreme out of, uh, you know, the 50 states. This is the most extreme. This is almost lining up with North Korea. But, but I think anywhere where evil is being advocated, look out. You know, God's not going to sit back and take it. He's going to react. Let me ask you this, uh, Jan. What do you got coming up on the program this weekend? Uh, this weekend and the following, I'm really looking carefully at this World Economic Forum, Davos. They met in mid-January. What did they talk about? They, quite frankly, they, one, top of the agenda is 
population reduction. Is this one of the ways? I mean, it can be. Abortion certainly re- reduces the population. But anyway, there are a bunch of evil dudes who meet every year, usually in Davos, and plan all sorts of very dark things. Where I'm going to talk about it so that folks can understand just what is it we're pushing back against when we say pushing back against the darkness. Yeah. This is one of the groups we're pushing back against. Uh, so, folks, join Jan on sun- Saturday or Sunday on American Family Radio. Listen to her show, Understanding the Times. Again, it airs Saturdays at 1 o'clock Central Time uh, in the afternoon, 1 p.m., and then Sundays at noon Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Jan Markell and Understanding the Times. Thank you, Jan. Yep, thank, thank you. you, guys. Okay, bye-bye. Take care, Jan. Bye. Um, <clears throat> This is so gross to talk about what what happened here in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I mean, hope children aren't listening. I don't even like to talk about it myself. Let, let me ask you this, Ed. Quite frankly, I, I I I don't know. I never thought I'd see the day when when uh, a, a majority of people in a state, even a liberal state like Minnesota, and a major political party like the Democrats vote to allow for abortion all the way up to birth. I mean, if you want to argue the first six weeks or 12 weeks, whether it's a viable, you know, if it's a, does it have a soul, does it, is it a baby? Right. I, I would argue that it is, and right. human life should be protected from conception on, that's right. when that's when human life begins developing. But at least you can logically understand. Yeah, I, yeah, I could have a debate and discussion about that. For the Democrats in Minnesota and the, and the citizens to say no, we're okay with. I mean, we all see a mother that's about to pop with a, a nine month baby, right? Yeah, walking around, you go, well, when's the baby? When's do? the baby do? And what they've said in Minnesota, if you want to, again, I hope we don't have children listening right now because I, it's demonic. It's demonic. It's yeah. it's it's barbaric, demonic, beyond barbaric. If you want to chop that baby up, go ahead. It, that, it, that's what that's what the people of Minnesota said. We're good with that. Yeah, and well, don't forget the Democratic Party within the last couple of decades was defending partial birth abortion. Mm-hmm. They were defending. Remember, they were they were fighting against laws that made that illegal, right, right, where right. you partially uh, deliver the baby. And again, I'm with you. Uh, we don't want to be too graphic here. Most people understand who are listening what partial birth abortion is. If you don't look it up, it is horrifying. It is. But the Democratic Party was defending that as a way to continue to <clears throat> preserve the quote unquote right to uh, abortion. So, yeah, so it, you know, if people want to know, uh, non-Christians want to know, why do you Christians, uh, you know, uh, vote Republican? Hmm. Because the Republican does this, the Republican does that. Hey, the Republicans are made up of imperfect people, too, and right. they're made up of sinners, too. I mean, politics is ugly and messy. It doesn't matter what party you're, you right. support. But I must say, when you when you figure out what party you're going to vote for, typically or get involved in you start looking at what are the platform beliefs by platform i mean what what is the stated position of the party uh 
the party's majority of participants, okay, what do they subscribe to? And the Republican Party is a, is a by and large, is a pro-life party. They don't believe in ripping babies apart in the mother's womb. Right. Or injecting them with saline solution and scalding the unborn babies to death. And if you vote Democrat, you're agreeing that abortion through nine months is a, is uh, something you're comfortable with, you're good with. I mean, how else do you, you know what I'm saying? Right. How else do you read that? How do you can't, you can't. So, so th- that's why most, all Christians, at least evangelical Christians and conservative Catholics, they won't even consider voting for a Democrat because you're, you're, you're signing up with a party that believes in abortion up to birth. Yeah, well, and let's. Some people will argue. Well, okay, that is just one issue. The Democratic Party does a lot of good things. Well, all right, so let me let me uh, swap issues out. Let's say slavery. Let's put slavery in there instead of abortion. How many people would say, okay, I'm personally against slavery, and I don't agree with the Democratic Party promoting slavery. They do a lot of other good things, so I'm going to continue to vote Democrat. And just ignore that issue of slavery. Well, you know, some issues are up there so high on the list of evils that you just go, no, I can't. I, because of that one issue, nothing else they do matters because those subjects right. pale in comparison to right. that chief evil. That's a very that, good. That's the way many, most Christians, I think, look at the issue of abortion. Exactly. Uh, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio network there was a day when uh when the democrat party allowed for pro-lifers to be a part of their um, party and discussion their their moral fabric uh when we're talking about issues not any longer the democrat party has purged themselves of anybody who if they're if they haven't purged they will purge you if you express a pro-life view uh, all right, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Well, the uh, Super Bowl is a week from Sunday, and our friend, our next guest, has been doing ministry at uh, in and around the Super Bowl weekend, a Christian ministry for many, many years. Roman, and he's on with us most every year about this time. Roman Gabriel the Third, president of Sold Out Youth uh, of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, and he's based out of North Carolina. Roman, good morning to you. Hey Tim, how are you? Great to be with you. Doing doing well. You at uh, where 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 are you? Where's your base now? Your home base? Uh, we are in the beautiful Outer Banks, Nags Head, North Carolina. Now enjoying ourselves. It's beautiful out here, and uh, we have grandkids out here, so we moved out here right before COVID. So oh. we're uh, really enjoying it, being around our kids and grandkids and ministries here. So I can gotcha. work out anywhere. It's great. Yeah, but you. You've lived all over the state of North Carolina, right? You're running from the law. I have. I'm a, I'm a Wilmington, North Carolina hometown guy, my whole family, but uh, grew up in Southern California. Gotcha. Well, uh, all right. So tell us about this year's Super Bowl and what your ministry is going to be doing. Well, Tim, first of all, for 11 years, I want to thank American Family Association and American Family Radio for supporting not only the Roman Gabriel Show, uh, our podcast that's on your website, uh, we we take it very seriously, and we're always excited to bring high-profile sports and entertainment stars talking about their faith, talking about their platform. And, of course, the Super Bowl is the number one platform 
for uh, getting the message out for these athletes all over the world as it's the biggest sporting entertainment uh, happening that happens right here in the United States every year. So we've been committed for 28 years to covering high-profile NFL athletes of character, faith, and uh, those that really care about the next generation of youth. And that's what our foundation, the Sold Out Youth Foundation, is all about. So we have a week-long youth initiative going on starting Monday where we'll be at Mountainside Middle School in the Scottsdale Unified School District doing our drug and alcohol abstinence program for 250 middle middle school students. Um, we'll also, on Tuesday night, be at Legacy Cares uh, out in Mesa, Arizona, an incredible sports facility doing a football camp where we'll have a ton of NFL athletes and high school coaches working with uh, junior high and high school kids, and we'll give a drug and alcohol education talk through our Sold Out Youth Foundation there. Uh, and then Wednesday through Friday, which you've joined me before on Radio Row, which is the official NFL media site of Super Bowl, we'll be bringing in high-profile athletes and coaches uh, talking on our program, the Roman Gabriel Show, and we'll have a Roman Gabriel Show Super Bowl podcast special that'll be on AFR. Just check uh, Roman Gabriel Show on the podcast page, and we'll have that up for you guys this weekend where we'll be interviewing a lot of great NFL coaches and players. Of course, it's going to be a great game between the Chiefs and the Eagles. And then on Friday night, we're going to finish it off with our second annual Legends and Leaders Super Bowl Celebration and Foundation Fundraiser for Sold Out Youth Foundation. And uh, our guests for that will have a sports panel for youth. Uh, Nate Boyer, former two-time Afghanistan soldier and uh, University of Texas long snapper. Lee Steinberg, uh, super agent, the agent to... uh, Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. Um, we'll also have uh, Ronaldo Wynn, former Notre Dame and Jacksonville Jaguar, uh, and Paul McDonald, former uh, national champion USC quarterback and Cleveland Brown quarterback. So we'll have yeah. leaders from education, politics, and sports. And our main goal uh, throughout the week and with our organization right now is solving the fentanyl problem, the crisis that we have currently in our country killing. Hey, yeah. I want to ask you thousand people. Absolutely. I want to ask you about that. Cause you and I were talking about that on the phone the other day, but first of all, I want people to know what does, uh, your, your ministry is sold out. That's the name of it. Sold, sold out. out. You, so, sold so, out so, so, so sold out, sold out to who and for what uh, sold out to what? what, what is that about? Well, yeah, we we have been about um, challenging students to be drug and alcohol abstinent. And when I played football at every level, our coaches used to tell us, "You got to sell out to be your best. You got to sell out, and sometimes that means that you have to focus on uh, pursuing your dreams and goals with all that you have. Uh, don't leave anything on the field." If anybody's ever heard that statement playing football, so we're all about getting sold out students to be drug and alcohol abstinent and to pursue their dreams and goals. So. If your parents want to get great educational tools that we're currently in public and private schools, it's a 100% online program. They can go to soldouttv.com and check out our program. It's a drug and alcohol abstinence program for 6th through 12th graders. And we have all sorts of video tools. It's great for your kids on their cell phones. We talk to kids about drug and alcohol abstinence, setting goals, pursuing their dreams, preparing for college. And our newest program that we're providing to schools is our fentanyl education program, educating parents and their students about the dangers of fentanyl and how social networking targets our kids to sell them illicit pharmaceutical drugs, uh, vape, marijuana. And we have 
Uh, over 300 people dying a day in our country, 200,000 in the last two years, number one killer of 13 to 45-year-olds. And uh, just yesterday, Tim, we had a three-year-old uh, boy that died in Apache Junction right outside Phoenix from fentanyl overdose because there was a pill disguised as an opioid or painkiller that one of the parents had, got his hands on it, swallowed it, and died on the spot. So this week at Super Bowl, we're working with the Phoenix Police Department and with um, radio and television networks to spread the word about the dangers of fentanyl and how parents can protect themselves. Your audience can protect their kids if they'll just understand uh, that these illicit drugs, that if they're taken or, or bought online uh, through anything but a pharmacy, it's dangerous. Uh, basically, what kids do is they go on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. They sell these things like Percocet, painkillers, opioids. Uh, they, they purchase them uh, illegally through the cartels that set up these things, and then they have it sent directly to their home. Uh, we have a mom, Masa Yeager, who will be speaking at our event Friday night, who her daughter was a gymnast at Suora High School, beautiful young lady. Um, she had a knee injury. One of her friends on Snapchat saw where she could get pain pills at a discount. She ordered them. It came directly to her home. She took the first pill and died in her bedroom. Her mom found her that night. She had no idea about how this happened or about how fentanyl worked. And this is the story that I'm hearing all across the country right now, losing innocent kids. And that doesn't mean kids that are doing drugs. They can, they can touch it. Yeah. What, they can take what, it in through their nostrils. What's your website, uh, Ray, Roman? They can go to soldouttv.com, go to the top right on fentanyl education. We'll be bringing fentanyl test kits to Phoenix as well as Narcan, which is naloxone, which is the only thing that can save someone from an opioid overdose. It's nostril spray. It's available free anywhere you live. Just go on site where you live there in Mississippi or Phoenix or any town you're in. Look up naloxone and Narcan and you can order that and get it free at many places. And it's simply a nasal spray. And even if it's not opioids, it can't hurt somebody. So it's our one defense, Tim, is to educate our parents and kids on the on this terrible yeah. poison that is killing people. All right. What's your website again real quick? SoldOutTV.com. All right. Thank you. This Roman gave. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.